Hello, Corey. What's up? Whoa. What is going on? Cyber attacks range across the world. <laughs> 493,000 attacks today. Yeah, see that APT right there, though? They just caught an APT. Like, it's not <laughs> easy. You just watch the map for the APT. Here we see a picture of cat memes being transferred in real time. Hello and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security talking about news or the edition that we want to basically refer to as why the hell is John still awake edition. We're going to be talking about WordPress vulnerabilities and stock clip art. We're going to be talking about how France basically hits Facebook with a massive fine and fast Facebook goes meh. Uh, we're going to talk about Pwn to Own and ShmooCon. We're going to be discussing open source issues that basically exist because we all take advantage of open source. The FTC threatening organizations with fines, and I heard that Norton 360 was coming with a few surprises this week. Um, but joining, <laughs> this, joining me this week, we have Ryan, as always, who's going, to be, uh, who's going to be running things. And someone mentioned yellow, and my head's a little bit hazy, and I've been reading Dune. And I noticed he's wearing yellow, and I hope that doesn't mean he's going to die soon. Um, we have Noah, Monopixel, wow. who's always with us. We got Meta, who actually managed to read at least one of the stories today. By the way, hello, Classic. Meta. Thank you for joining us, sir. And we have Ben, who's been hanging out quite a bit. We have Corey, who has those really cool triangle things that I want to get for my wall, because I think it would be cool. And of course, my partner in crime since the beginning, Ralph. Uh, so, Meta, do you want to basically fill us in on this WordPress core vulnerabilities? I had to be, I had to be honest with you. Um, whenever I saw that as a news story, my eyes kind of glassed over. Whenever it's like vulnerabilities in WordPress, you don't say because that never happens. So, what's yeah? The but these were rated as a eight on a scale of these one to ten. These are only eights. Oh, They're only God. eights. They're only eights. Yeah. We're talking on this dirty show to me. lately, we've been only talking about <laughs> tens. So, yeah. Meta, uh, please help us. What do we got here? So there's actually uh, four vulnerabilities, uh, but some of the stuff that's amazing is actually the stock photo art, as mentioned before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're looking at that now. Yes. Mm. Oh, but and I, ad. Thank you, ad. Oh, yeah. thank you, ad. <laughs> but I actually just wanted to uh, speak to two that. Uh, well, two of the vulnerabilities, which are SQL injection, uh, mm. there's a parameters that were vulnerable where w, uh, WP meta query and just WP query. So, but some of the stuff that was interesting to me is uh, when I have uh, customers I've done pin tests for or whatever, and they, they look for different ways of fixing it. I usually recommend OWASP, but, but WordPress actually has like their own, uh, has a site that they post like how to do the data sanitization or data input validation and uh i actually recommend that one as well so i thought it's kind of funny um yeah i like the section in it where it says wordpress development rushed in a dangerous way which once again i, I just love this article because there's so many things about it that just scream well like duh so you have like wordpress having vulnerabilities wordpress is basically renowned for having tons of vulnerabilities and of course the people at uh, oh god what is the name of the company the exploit company down in Florida, I can't remember the name. The guy has a conference, kind of a Dave, Dave Attell would basically be like, well, of course it's PHP. What do you expect? But then the rushing of development, isn't that pretty much the default way that everybody runs? 
like they're pretty much always rushing their development. They call it agile. Yeah, you can call it agile. They just come up with new ways to basically burn their developers as much as possible. That's called a reframe, and uh, it seems to be working out. (laughs) It's refactoring. (laughs) We're refactoring the app. Um, But I, I don't know. So the thing I hate about this particular story, other than the fact that I just found out today that there is a website called Search Engine Journal... <laughs> it's the thing I hate about this is many people will look at this and be like, "Well, we're not going to use uh, WordPress at all for a content management system. Instead, we're going to basically try to write something from scratch." And if you remember, that's what actually got HP Gary uh, tons of vulnerabilities in WordPress. HP Gary decided to hire an external firm to come in and build their CRM directly from scratch and their content management system from scratch. Mm-hmm. And that didn't end well. You can look it up on Wikipedia and also Stephen Colbert discussing the attack hilariously by basically saying, hey, look, a hornet's nest. I'm going to shove my male anatomy in there and see what happens. Um, But it's just hard because whenever people see this, they tend to think, well, this is horribly insecure. I'm going to go with something else because clearly that's more secure. So I wanted to open that up to everybody. Is it more secure to roll your own? Um, or is it a devil you know versus the devil you don't such type situation? So I don't know. Whenever you're doing testing, how do you all look at it? If the company is like, well, we wrote our own, you're like, yes. Or is it like, oh, this might be a little bit more difficult than WordPress? I mean, who even uses SQL anymore? Like, as far as uh-huh. all the web releases I've seen, you know, now it's all GraphQL, no SQL, or just no database I, at all. It's just yeah. two APIs going at it. No one's paying attention. Well, I- it's Python with a bunch of flat text files on the operating system. <laughs> That's secure. But I wanted to do some prices right. So let's see. How many WordPress sites, active current WordPress sites, let everyone make a guess. It's in the millions. Just give a number of the oh, mil- number of millions. Active. Oh active. Uh, 100 million. Okay. Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to go a little bit lower. Um, I'll go 70 million. Okay. Anyone else have a guess? You said Price is Right style? Uh, $1 million. Yeah, Price is Right style. There's one. One. (laughs) Okay. Okay, one. Noah, I feel like you have an opinion on this. Oh, I was was just deciding if I should, like, undercut that and say two in the... (laughs) (laughs) No, the answer is 455 million. I was close. What? Wow. That's so many. That's based on their statistics that they publish. There's it says 62% of the top 100 fastest growing companies use WordPress. And the others Whoa. use like 500 Joomla or something. So that's So 455 million sites use WordPress. So oh, like dude, I guess the so wrong. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so easy to make a good-looking website. Yeah. I, I would guess is the thing. I feel yeah. like I got that so wrong. I just need to hand BHIS over to Meta because he'd do a better job. I, mean, <laughs> oh. I don't even know you that well, man. I'm just like I give up. I, I'm done. I, I like uh, testing. I don't. That, that's I don't the thing. Like he doesn't know you so. that. He doesn't know yeah. you that well, Meta. He basically knows all of us. He's like, I'm not leaving it to them. So Meta's my best shot. <laughs> yeah, that that guy gets it. That guy gets that it. Guy gets it. <laughs> the devil you know versus the yeah. devil you know. But to answer this question, I. As a pen tester, I am always excited when I see somebody try to develop their own uh, product, particularly for security purposes. Anything, it, all, right. it almost always ends worse than just applying a patch. Because in this case, uh, just apply the latest patches and you're you're good. So there's there's windows where you're at risk. But if you're trying to roll your own product, it's 
I mean, it can be done. And if, if you spend the time and money to do it, but it's not going to be a, it's not going to be cost efficient uh, overall in most no, cases. It won't. And a lot of times, whenever larger companies end up using something that they've ro- decided to roll their own, I'll give you an example. Once again, I'm older than dirt. Whenever I started working at Accenture, I remember that one of my managers was basically talking about how they're going to write this whole entire application stack from the ground up. And one of the developers was like, well, there's a product online that we could literally just buy and drop in for the customers and customize it. And the manager threatened to fire the developer. This is like 20 years ago now. Threatened to fire the developer and said, look, we can do that. But if we code it from scratch, we can charge them a lot more money. I'm like, ooh, that's bad. I'm sure that doesn't happen regularly in the industry. Come to find out that it's actually pretty common. Um, well, and if you do see something that's been like home built like that, if it's done right, sometimes it's good for a little bit until that employee goes somewhere else. The one that yeah. designed the whole thing. And then you're oh. like, wow, I can tell that this was really great in 2008. Yeah, this was this was fantastic a decade ago. It, I, I do think it's funny, though. So, all right. WordPress is PHP, which is pretty much, you know, like dead language as far as new development goes, like all the new platforms. It's not a dead language, obviously. But it's like the Java of web development. Yeah, but it's funny because WordPress is so popular because all of those plugins and modules exist already, right? Yeah. You know, as opposed to rolling your own. And then I think the last piece that's kind of interesting is that most of people are deploying a CMS when they just probably need like a simple static site, right? Like, you know, for all kinds of different scenarios, which is kind of interesting. You're kind of in setting yeah, yourself up. But the plugin support for it is ridiculous. Like It's ridiculous. Wife, I agree. I yeah, agree. It, my wife does development on WordPress, and she's like, I got integrations where it can go to, like, it can go to Shopify, Spotify, whatever, Facebook, mm-hmm. all of these different things. And you just drop in these plugins, and it's so stupid simple. Anybody can do it, which I think is which good. Is- I think that I mean, that's good, but it's also really bad too. Cause I cringe every time she drops a new module from like the marketplace, just like drops it in. Now I can accept credit cards and so can the, <laughs> the John's point that, that anyone can do it. That's why when you go and you Google how to make a website, like the five top sites that pop up is going to be like, Oh yeah, make a website with us. We'll register your domain and then we'll stand you up a WordPress server. Oh, Pretty much it. Well, a while ago, BHIS was trying to hire a web developer, and almost all of the applications that I got were like, well, I know how to do WordPress. And you're like, do you know how to do CSS (laughs) or HTML? And I use the plugins on WordPress. And I'm like, I don't quite need that. I mean, I will say most companies probably aren't putting their crown jewels in WordPress anymore because of all the history of security vulnerabilities. It's probably just like our contact form database of all the people that have sent us emails is disclosed. Like, I assume it's not like, yeah, we just put our domain in WordPress, you know, like, I don't know. Some medical company. This pretty much this WordPress site, I got this plugin that runs our radiology machines. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) It was PHP. It was PHP. What can I say? I guarantee you there's a plugin for it. Where did it? Somebody said, I think we took search engine journal down, probably written in WordPress. All right, moving on. Uh, Next story. Yeah. It is. We should, we should talk about, speaking of, of, of credit card stealing. Oh, what's this? Here we go. Card stealing code found on more than 100. Okay. Yeah. That that probably, I'm guessing WordPress. Maybe it was WordPress. I don't know. That, that doesn't sound good, I don't think. It doesn't surprise what, me. Okay. Much. What is 100? 
Why does Sotheby's have a hundred websites just for luxury real estate? That's the real question. What is that even? So we did a test. I could probably name the company because they didn't pay us. Um, But we did an assessment (laughs) for times, dude. I, I wonder, like, you know, we did this thing and they're like, Okay, background is this is a very large international corporation. And uh, they were like, we want you to see what you can find. And we found hundreds of websites. WordPress was used quite often because the local sales reps could actually build their own website. So Sotheby's, what it's what they're more than likely doing is if you're a real estate agent, you can bring up your own website. And they basically just have DNS hell in the background pointing all over the place. So this it's is the something same very thing with mortgage thing. agencies. Like if you look yes, at people that mortgage sell mortgages, yes. they, mm-hmm. they do that same thing all the time where you can go, you know, noahmortgageperson.com like and, and it'll pop up. And then you look at it and it's like part of mortgagecompany.com. It, yeah. It's crazy. So uh, that's what so I'm so something about Bright way. Cove. Is that like the provider of these websites, Bright Cove? Let's see here. I love how we're reading these articles on the show. <laughs> Audience, if you know, feel free to drop it in the comments. I'm so happy, you know. It's like Brightcove is a media player thing. Yeah, it looks like a video. I bet you it's a plugin for. Uh, I bet you it's a plugin for. We got well, a bunch of people use it. BBC, Ford. We should let Ryan run with this one. This seems like it's something Ryan should know. I've heard of it, and I don't like it. Well, there you <laughs> That's go. All I say. <laughs> one more reason to wow. hate it. It used to use uh, Flash. I hope it oh. still doesn't. Yeah, Flash yeah. is only used by my children in grade school and high school for their coding coding classes oh action script huh nice really getting in there i I swear i almost got in a fist fight with the uh with a computer science teacher in high school long story but basically ended up with him like nose to nose with me and uh the vice principal came in and had to like basically break the thing up he was doing the belly button bump like you calling me a, a, like incompetent? I'm like, dude, you're coding in languages that aren't used anymore anywhere whatsoever. He was not. He was. Was not this happy. your high school or no? What? No, this is my kids' high school. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I just want context here. Context. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we weren't, we weren't coding in Flash when I was in high school. It was back then. Flash was the new frontier. Oh, that was the new frontier. Yeah, I'm got actually, it. I'm actually a little bit teared up that Ralph thought I was that young. <laughs> Sorry. This Thank is for the know. viewers here. Not the for surgeries me. are I working. Know what's John. going on? <laughs> Continue the surgeries. I'm just glad that uh, that no one even mentioned me because I, I grew up. There was uh, typewriters in my high school. Like that's how I learned to type. Well, same here. So I don't think we're that far off from each other at all. Um, I remember when we got computers. That was fun. But let's move on to France. So France hits fa- Google and Facebook with a 210 million dollar fine. And I look at this almost exactly like Mr. Evil in the first Austin Power movie, where it's like, I'm now going to ransom them for $1 million. Sure, a million dollars really isn't that much money (laughs) at all. But this gets into the privacy side of it. And I I think that Facebook, um, I think that they have something that's like an additional 100,000 euros per day. Is this actually going to move the needle on these companies and the way that they handle privacy? Because they're screwing up the way that they handle cookie refusal mechanisms. They're discouraging users from refusing the cookies, encouraging users to give their consent to personal data. And that bullet point is a little misleading. They're not being completely clear what they're going to do with the personal data. 
these companies' entire business line is your personal data and sharing that and selling that as much and as often as they can. Does this even matter Like from the money that's involved in this? Or do you honestly think that they're going to actually see some improvement here as well? I just want to know how French people are going to riot against Facebook. Because I want to see that happen. <laughs> I want to see that. How do you riot online? How does one riot if you don't have Facebook? Like, is it possible <laughs> to overthrow an, a government today with without social media? Because I mean, they had it in uh, they had it in Myanmar. Lots and lots of people died there. They had it in Egypt. Whenever that that spring happened, is it possible for you? Like, like if you shut down Facebook, would everything be okay? Because you're right. I don't think there's going to be many in riots if you don't have Facebook. Carrier pigeons. Carrier Over pigeons, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they have to write their own websites in, in WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder they if it'll just be blog. in Flash. They blog right all over. That would be so. Wispo. That would be so awesome. <laughs> what would it be like? M4M looking for army? Like, what would it be? <laughs> I would love to see Christiane Annenpour talking about that one, you know. Militia, uh, $5 <laughs> an hour, show up. You can see. <laughs> You can see, Bill, that the advertisements are actually advertising better than minimum wage for mercenaries. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's, 200 that's million. That's when you know we made it. 200 million for Facebook has got to be, it's got to be worth more to go after French people's data than 200 million. Well, just according to, to just this that's random Google search that I made. So, you know, it's got to be right. But Facebook's yearly revenue for 2020 was $85.9 billion US. So, so once again, this is not so it's a, a nice a billion, little tax write off. And yeah, a billion, they can like go. market as a donation to charitable can, causes at that point. <laughs> can you billion. write fines as tax donations? It's like or four no, no, tax write offs. I actually, I actually looked this up at one point at BHIS. Um, no, you cannot. I know this. Not a fact. fine. Not a fine. It's not a tax okay. deduction. I would like to deduct um, this parking ticket as a tax write off, please. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, sir. That's not a parking ticket. That's a sixty-eight million dollar fine. Uh, yeah, whatever. Hmm. <laughs> well, actually, there have been some apps to. Um, uh, speaking of like uh, like distributed apps on your phone for like censorship controlled communication, right? Where yeah. it uses Bluetooth and other like even short range, and then it uses each other's device to like send messages forward, right? So even without internet, kind of interesting, but yeah, maybe Facebook. I mean, I think that. the worst the. The sad thing about this is that the users lose because, like, oh, the cookie yeah. stuff is already really annoying. It's like, I don't care what you do with the cookies. Just let me view the page, yeah. uh, which is what Facebook is taking advantage of because people just want to get to their memes or whatever, you know. Well, but, but like, sometimes you whatever have people to. Do. There's a lot of businesses that that is their website. Like, they their whole existence is on Facebook. And if you want to get a hold of that business, you have to view the Facebook page to get their freaking phone number or their menu or whatever. So oh. yeah, it, it, I had that. I had that happen the other day. I tried to join the Wi-Fi at a restaurant, and they were like, "You have to log in with Facebook." I was like, "You go to hell, right?" I'm yeah. How the hell does that anything. happen? Who thought that hard was pass. a good idea? Yeah, hard, hard pass. pass. I was like, oh I was God. already questioning joining the public Wi-Fi. Now you've just made me run for my life. Yeah. Well, you and just, you know that you probably know. on the back side of that, it takes your like profile picture and says like, you know, all the people that have connected today, and like, there's your picture next to everyone else. <laughs> and I mean, like, they used to do this too with uh, Wi-Fi. Speaking of Wi-Fi, was just like uh, following the Macs, right? The, the Mac addresses and seeing where had people been. And, you know, Apple had to like change this stuff up like five times, like rotating the Macs so they're different. 
like a bunch of stuff, right? Just so because they were using that to track you too. Just even your phone or the broadcast, excuse me, not the Mac, but the broadcast would go on there and they would catch the broadcast and then they would write the Mac down and then they would know where you've been. They could track you to see if you've been at this store, how often, so on and so forth, right? Well, there was even one product that we looked at a number of years ago that was doing the exact same thing, but it was tracking you going to the store and they could track you within the store. So they would put multiple access points around the store and they used that to basically identify what are the ways that they could adjust their floor design to maximize the amount of time that people would spend in the stores. So they'd be like, well, these are the racks that everyone goes to. So we're going to move those to the end (laughs) of the store. And uh, yeah, and this isn't, this isn't new technology. This has been around for a long time, but once again, the amount of tracking that's being done and then to hand all of that crap over to Facebook. Yeah, not good. Like it's just that, just proves that, that, that proves they're evil because that could be done with cameras way easier. <laughs> it wouldn't be nearly as creepy. <laughs> it's almost like, like you're overcomplicating it at that point. Like, no, you could do this with cameras. No, no but now we know who they are. <laughs> but we tailor their ads to where they go. So you just only get, you know, it's like, oh, this person just only gets ads for liquor because they only go to the store and go to the liquor aisle. <laughs> So like they, they just send them ads. They're like, "We noticed you love alcohol." Here's you know, it's like, is that ethical? No, but whatevs. Well, way to go, Corey! You scared John off. Looks you like scared John, him uh, off. A cow knocked over his internet. It's also an issue if you don't do a lot of shopping online. So like you look for one product, say hypothetically alcohol, and then every ad for the next three and a half weeks is just alcohol ads. Yeah. I guess that yeah. it proves companies want to monetize on your weak point. <laughs> yeah. And alcohol works. So. Speaking Funny you guys of joke monet- about the cows knocking over the internet. People that haven't been with us don't know that I've literally had cows knock over my internet before. Like when I had the Starlink dish, cows loved it. I don't know why. They just thought it was the most interesting thing in the world. And they would like lick it and rub up against it, knock it on the ground, kick it around. By the way, Dishy McFly yeah, built really well. Like, they're built really well. <laughs> yeah, throwing uh, AA ads just to balance it out. All right, let's keep moving. Um, let's talk about the uh, Pwned to Own and ShmooCon conferences or postponed during COVID-19. I, I don't know if I have that much to, to say about this other than it sucks. I, I really miss getting together at cons. I didn't think I would. Uh, miss it as much as I do. I loved being at home for the entire year. I'm now getting to the point where I'm ready to see you all again. I just, uh, I just, I, I don't know. It, it just sucks that things keep getting moved. Um, RSA got moved, which to be honest, I was going to fly in for RSA and then get the hell out as quickly as possible. But ShmooCon, let's be honest, ShmooCon is one of those institutions. So I don't know how many of you all have been to ShmooCon. If you have a favorite story, mine was I was at ShmooCon during the Snowmageddon or Snowpocalypse. Basically, DC got like two and a half feet of snow. We were snowed in at the Wardman Park Hyatt uh, down by the exit by the uh, zoo. And it was awesome. Uh, Kevin Johnson saw his, his first snow when he was there. And then he was like, I'm over it. This is two, two and a half feet of this crap. It was cool for like the first 15 minutes. Now it sucks. But it was great. I absolutely loved that conference. We ran the bar out of liquor at the hotel which because as soon as we ran the bar out of liquor there was like this stream of people that eric and i could see from our hotel room that were like streaming out trying to find open places to buy more alcohol and bring it back to the <laughs> so 
I, I hope these things come back. I know they've, they've moved it to March, so hopefully uh, hopefully it happens then. Are they going to open up any more slots for tickets? Because uh, that's, uh, that's usually the reason that most of us haven't went. <laughs> I, I doubt that very strongly. I can't see Bruce. I can't see Bruce. I went Heidi. to Schmoocon in early 2020. Oh, you, you made Everyone it. Everyone was made talking it about the new potential, potential virus. Yeah. Mm. The potential. Like, that's the way it was for me at RSA. It was right before it hit. And I remember talking to like James, uh, Jay Beal and a bunch of other people. And they're like, this whole thing is, is about to blow up and got out of there just barely in time. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to go to that RSA that time. And then I just couldn't make it. I'm like, oh, it's all right. I'm this this year. I'll go to some other ones. Like the, it was like planned. I had like the New Year's resolution and everything that I was like going to go to conferences that year, and I passed on RSA, and I should have taken that because yeah, I haven't been out you, since. You really didn't miss much that year. It Probably was a pretty not. dead. It was a pretty dead RSA. All things told. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's uh, coming in from Ryan. I believe it's time for the weather. Uh, so we're going to be looking at the internet weather. As you can see, we have a number of cyber attacks originating from the Middle East, and they're currently attacking Colombia, including some <laughs> of these ones from Thailand. What websites are they sharing? Tons of attacks against the United States. It looks like it's, what is it, just on the outskirts of Texas is currently being attacked. If we could actually get a report from the people just on the outskirts of Texas on what they're currently experiencing in the realm of cyber attacks, I I don't know. This really seems like it's actually kind of a dead day for the internet cyber attack weather. We don't see any large fronts or any large scale attacks, but as usual, we're seeing a lot of attacks coming from the Middle East, currently coming into the United States today. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, and that's an APT, John. That's an APT. Did you see that? I'm checking in here from Texas. Luckily, our power grid's down, so nothing can hit us right now. Uh, Our computers are all offline. How many attacks can the power grid in Texas actually take? from the FireEye cyber threat map. Meta, could, could we focus in on Meta? What is your cyber threat map telling you about what you currently see for the cyber weather in your area, sir? Well, what's actually kind of interesting is, is we see the attacks coming in, but if you uh, look back at the map, you can actually see some ma- uh, attacks from New York and California actually uh, retaliating against apparently uh, North Korea and uh, Taiwan. So really? I found that. Oh, kind of that was an APT. Whoa. Wait, wait, APT. Portugal and just another one right there. Does the orange on the map represent APT attacks? I'm not exactly when sure. When it pops up and says APT, that represents the APT attack. Uh, if you look at the JavaScript source code, oh, wait, sorry. I mean, it's live data. Not <laughs> yeah, this don't is definitely tell. live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Corey, you can't, dude, you can't, you can't. No, hit you can't. F12. You're going to go to jail for something like that. Don't, Do not look don't at source hit F12 code. Because this will show mm-hmm. up as well. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm sorry. Don't look at the yes. source code. It's illegal. Don't. It's, it's, it's illegal. illegal. I'm really happy to see Algeria getting in the fight today. Um, in <laughs> yes. It's actually part of their. Yeah, they're actually going to be the new uh, future of Flash player. Basically, they are writing all the newest Flash exploits for those all that are still using it. In Algeria. It's, I'm good to yes. see them back in the fight. That's fantastic. So, Ryan, thank you very much. That takes us to the weather. We'll close that out. So, if, folks, if you see a certain pew-pew map that catches your attention, you should share it with us as well. We're now going to move on from Pwn to Own, and we're going to talk about open-source developer corrupts widely used libraries affecting tons of projects. He pushed corrupt updates that triggered an infinite loop, or as most developers call it, Monday. So. Oh. <laughs> What do we got? We got Faker.js and Colors.js. 
I don't think people understand just how interconnected the internet is. Like literally, you know, we joke all the time by like stack overflow, stack overflow and how people copy and paste code from random places and use random libraries and have libraries that invoke libraries and third party websites. I think that this is just one example of just how bad things actually are. Uh, So I don't know. What, do you, what is your take on this? I know that, once again, we're going to have companies that are going to be pushing. See, once again, this just shows that open source is dangerous. I, I want to know if it was wide libraries. Like, there was that one time that Node broke because, like, there was a library that was a one-line script that was just, like, left-to-right conversion. And, like, the guy just <laughs> took it down and, like, half the internet broke because, like, I, I, I want to know, you know, these dependency spirals, how they happen. You know, you have this library. I don't know what specific libraries are affected, but it's funny if you have, like, these libraries that do, like, one very specific thing. And then they mm-hmm. have maintainers that... It is interesting also that it was intentional. It was like kind of a, I guess you call it hacktivism, but yeah. I guess check your maintainers before you just give them commit access to your GitHub. I mean, well, it's all I, fine I, games. No, they I, weren't. They weren't committing to their no, GitHub. No, They're no, just they, pulling yeah, they those repos. Yeah. So like other projects were pulling these yeah. libraries and they were incorporating them. So once they pushed it once, it basically hit everything. And we kind of talked about something similar whenever we were discussing the uh, uh, the vulnerabilities. Like we were talking about like Solar Winds. And how that supply chain attack was very interesting. And then we were discussing, you don't need to hack a company like SolarWinds. Literally, if you can just get access to some low-level library like Faker or Colors.js, it can actually manifest itself across the entire internet very quickly. And in this particular situation, honestly, this, this, wasn't, this was an attack, right? They, re- they rejected his GitHub access for doing it. But... How many? Like the only reason why we caught this is because he was trying to not get caught, um, and I think that's what scares me. It isn't something that was covert; it was something that was very overt, and it makes you wonder just how many covert commits are actually getting in that maybe have malicious designs associated with them as well. It's interesting because Node.js is such a like dependent library; like you're like building it pretty much real time every time, right? And so, I mean, because the Faker.js had 2.5 million weekly downloads. That's because every time that somebody, you know, compiles their, you know, their node project, it loads again. Yeah. Loading Mm -hmm. again and again and again. Right. And that's why, you know, it, it took such like far reaching effect. Right. So this, you're probably going to see this with node projects specifically. Right. But, um, you know, how do you fix it? It's not the first time. Yeah. This is not the first time with node and it won't be the last. I mean, this is also the second article, right? We already talked about the Sotheby's stuff about card stealing. That's another example of what you could do if you have access to inject that kind of source code into JavaScript because it runs on the client side. Now, there was um, something very similar to this, too, in the crypto world. Ralph, I'm going to ask you because my memory is a little bit hazy. There was something where someone had the, like, they were running in a development mode and they called a function to delete their wallet. But the way that they called it, that library was actually live and it actually deleted like a couple thousand wallets. And I can't remember exactly what crypto attack it was, but it was similar to this where people thought they were working in development and it actually was something that was pushed across production in the ecosystem. I don't remember that particular attack. I I know that this one, though, what do you call it? He did this on purpose, right? Oh, there's no question. Um, Yeah, he did this on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. He just the, the mixing of the dev versus the prod. That's kind of like a whole different other like where it's an unintentional attack right like an unintentional yeah. like oh shoot everyone pulled down this repo you know yeah. but does this make open source bad no it doesn't right well I, and i think supply chain attacks don't that. care whether it's open yeah. or closed 
Yeah. And I, exactly. and I think that that's the key, right? Like if you try to paint this as open source versus non-open source issues. The fact is commercial projects are using these libraries as well. And that, I think that gets to the core is there's so much that's built upon the hard work of people that are doing crap for free online, both open source projects and then the closed source commercial products that are also using those libraries. And we, we really got to get this figured out. I, I know that Katie Soros was talking about this on Twitter. And she was kind of discussing this entire issue, and that was her point. She's like, people will begin to understand just how much of what runs day-to-day life is built upon people who are maintaining stupid little snippets of code in their basement out of the kindness of their own heart. And there's going to be a reckoning from it. It's going to take something fairly massive, much larger than this, to actually get people to come to some type of reckoning with it, I think. I mean, I guess I would say if you're going to do CICD, remember that continuous is good and bad, right? It's not yeah. just <laughs> attacks. It's not just malicious attacks, but like John said, people can make mistakes. If you just commit yeah. the wrong code, oh, I thought I was committing to dev. Turns out I committed to main. It's Friday evening and we committed to production on Friday and everything broke. And, that's what I thought. You know, but, that, but Corey, that's what I thought CICD stood for. Was Doesn't that, doesn't that acronym mean test in production? Yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is what it actually means, is we always code in production. <laughs> always code in production. It is kind of I, funny, though, because CICD can like really help prevent these kind of scenarios as well, as well as create them, right? So like you, can, it, you get both. It, it, it's wild. One of the Not big things the that it does help with, all joking aside, is it gets you very good at recovering from these situations very quickly. It's like the Netflix chaos monkey where you have a, a script that runs in your network and just turns off servers randomly. So that's definitely fault tolerant. Like, <laughs> Do you guys test your DRP? Yes, quite regularly. What's your plan? We unleashed the chaos monkey and we're still here. We have developers and they break it. Yeah, <laughs> that's our plan. <laughs> lucky, lucky number seven says they have one branch and no pull requests. <laughs> He also oh, earlier said, just never commit your code and you're good. Yeah, it's true. Just Nobody will ever judge it either. Commit. Exactly. Yeah. Just never commit. I, I remember uh, years ago, I was at PayPal's um, with PayPal's security team, and I was getting a tour, and they were talking about it, and we went to the developer bay, and they had the most interesting man in the universe. You know that They had a poster of that meme, and it said, I don't always test my code, but when I do, I test it in production. And it was like framed with this gaudy golden frame. And I'm like, I don't know if that's something you want your developers to be aspiring to, but it's like, <laughs> like they touched it as they walked by. It was, it was terrifying. Well, let's talk about FTC. I don't know how I feel about the story, but basically the FTC is warning companies to remediate the Log4j security vulnerabilities. And they're actually basically saying, if you don't patch an update, you're going to get fined. And they've referenced CISA for guidance. It's like, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of this because part of me is like, well, it's good, right? The FTC is going to be talking about finding organizations for vulnerabilities that show up, but it's bad as well because they're specifically referencing this vulnerability, and it's almost like they need to take this and push it on a wider basis. But then again, I don't know how I feel about the government getting involved in finding companies. This starts to get really, really close to GDPR. But like really yeah. poorly done. I, that's that's I what know. exactly what I was gonna say. I, we need we need something like GDPR to to take care of this kind of thing. But this was just kind of like snafu. Hey, guess what? Don't do this, and we're gonna we're gonna find you, right? 
because, you know, and the reason they're saying, hey, patch this because, you know, you could expose customer data, right? Like all the stuff that would be behind something like a GDPR, right? That's uh, the beginning of this, but this is just kind of like, oh, all right, well, let's make a fine for this one vulnerability. Really crappy but version it, of doing that. It's not just for this one vulnerability. I actually referenced the Equifax one where they find them for not patching. What was it they didn't patch? They didn't patch something. Struts. And so, yeah, they're, they're saying it's a similar situation to that. They're not saying it's just for log4j, but basically that failure to patch in general is the issue. If you know that there's a vulnerability and you just don't patch it, then that's that's findable. See, what I want to know is, are they no. going to go out and get a list of all the companies that are vulnerable? <laughs> or are they going to like, is it going to be like retroactively, if you are breached using this, then you get extra fines? And then you tie this up with the uh, WordPress. It's like, sir, we have 400 million websites that are vulnerable to various vulnerabilities. And you can just see somebody at the FTC. It's like, excellent. Smithers, <laughs> release the hounds. Uh, yeah. Send them some mail. It's raining fines. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 in in oh. other news, the FTC solves the U.S. debt crisis. <laughs> the FTC is the, is, the, is the newest ransomware threat actor. <laughs> They're just threatening people. <laughs> The FTC collected more than the IRS. It does say specifically <laughs> that failure to patch when you know there's a vulnerability. So if you don't do asset management and you don't know there's a vulnerability, you're good to go. Oh, Loophole. so that's things. I've had lawyers where Oof. we've literally talked about vulnerabilities. And I think a couple of you have worked on reports like this where they're like, don't report that. Because if it's reported, then it's actionable. And, you know, our, our, our take on it is we have to document it somehow. Because the risk for a pen testing company is if we find it and then we don't report on it because they asked us to in a meeting, they're like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Whenever they do get hit by that vulnerability, which is an eventuality, it's just, it's going to happen. They're going to totally turn on us and be like, well, it's because BHIS didn't tell us about this vulnerability. So there's a yeah, lot we hire of professionals to help us identify these kind of vulnerabilities. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they would throw us under the bus in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I know companies that do that. And I always love it at the end. Where we're like, well, we're going to document this. And we're going to put it in box. You can look at it or not. It's up to you, but it's in the report. And they're like, well, we'll never do business with you again. Good. It's a win-win then in that situation. <laughs> Sounds good. What was the last one? The last one was a company that was trying to get acquired or get VC funding. And they, I remember I got on a meeting and the guy started threatening me. And I was basically like, you know, you're trying to get funding. And like, if this comes to light, like after you get funding, after you get bought out, after you exit, then you're no longer here. And those new people are the bosses that are going to hear about it. You're going to get sued, my friend, very quickly. And that actually changed things. Uh, that changed the whole conversation. And they were able to actually fix the vulnerabilities relatively quickly, which I like. But no, we deal with that crap all the time. One of the things in this article, too, that's interesting, like tying back to just what we were talking about, it says, um, the FTC says these projects are often created and maintained by volunteers who don't always have adequate resources and personnel for incident response and proactive maintenance. Um, this overall dynamic regarding the open source software being used is something the FTC will consider as we work to address root issues that endanger user activity. Hmm. So, I mean, even the fact that that's kind of tied back into like how these kind of open source Things being maintained just because people are excited and interested in them have far-reaching effects across the internet. So, so what I'm hearing is that the FTC, if they do successfully find someone, they should send some of that fine money to the developers of the open source project 
fix the problem. Or we could buy more. Or we could buy more weapons, Noah. Bombs. <laughs> we need the bombs. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I, you got to have priorities, America. F yeah. Yeah. Speaking Art. of open source projects, did you hear that uh, they trojanized DNSpy? So uh, oh, no. another did GitHub they? project. Yeah, yeah. So a malicious version of DNSpy delivered a cocktail of malware. So cocktail. Uh, if let me yeah. decompile DNSpy in DNSpy to find the vulnerability. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, anyways, uh, you know, somebody posted a, a clone of DNSpy on GitHub, and it was malicious. It wasn't from the original repo, and they actually made a um, a site to get their their search results up. Was it and, SourceForge? Uh, oh, no. sorry, too soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Anyways, too soon. Yeah, so to promote the website, they performed uh they had some Google search optimization made it an ad for dnspy.net and that got listed as the first page on Google. So when you type dnspy, you would see that as number 1, you would go to dnspy.net, download the code, so on and so forth. And then um, you know, that was a nice little uh little malware. Google doesn't know how to use shawsum. They don't know how to no. check the results. They're, they're not good at that. It takes a lot of time. I, uh, I remember yes. years ago, there was a SANS class. This is a long time ago, and probably somebody at SANS is going to get pissed at me, whatever. But the instructor was building the VM for the class, and they wanted to download Firefox. And they just did a search on Firefox, clicked the first link, which was an ad-sponsored Firefox that had malware built into it. So they didn't go down to the actual Firefox website, but it was an ad that showed up. And I remember, so this is a forensics class, right? And I remember the students got into the class and they fired it up and they noticed it was running malware. And I remember everyone freaked out and they were like, oh my God, what if people realized we gave them malware in our SANS class? I'm like, do you know what we do here? Like, do you have any idea what the instructors and the authors do on a day-to-day basis with our students? students like the whole class was literally reverse engineering malware i was basically like just put a lab around it call it a day uh, but- <laughs> I, I thought that's where you're gonna go with it you're like and he didn't want to tell them so he's just like oh congrats you passed that lab yeah. that, was, that, was that was a secret that was a secret that was an lab. easter egg and the funny thing is i i'm not sure i'd have to confirm with somebody that i think that's exactly what they did is they just turned it into a reverse engineering lab because it was literally a version of firefox that somebody downloaded put their malware in and then put up an ad and then basically released it that way. And it worked really well. Um, so this happens yeah. all the time. I, I, all yeah. I do think that search engines bear some responsibility for not selling ads for th- products that already exist that aren't the product owner's ad like that. It, yeah. it, I know that it's like, that doesn't help it, the bottom line, Corey. It, no, you're right. It doesn't, it, uh, yeah. but I oh. just do this. It, it could help. The, it could hurt their bottom line if they lose legitimacy, legitimacy, right? Over time. If people don't trust, you know, the results, I don't know. You're telling me you trust Facebook. Do you like go to Google and look at the ads in Google and be like, yes, that looks legitimate currently, like as of right now, I literally just skip past them, but I don't know. I right. don't think a lot of people do. So. I think it doesn't really make it. If they lose legitimacy at that point. So, so like, my understanding yeah. is, is for a while, uh, if you look at the ads, the way that they were presented were actually in colors that like older people and people with some eye issues couldn't actually determine whether they True. were the actual link or the ad. So uh, that probably also doesn't benefit either. That's so. what I was going to say is I don't even know which ones are the ads anymore. It's all an ad as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's not yeah. far 
I moved to so DuckDuckGo. <laughs> It's so easy Dude. to get that these days. I remember this was probably about, I want to say this is like seven, eight years ago. Our, one of our old marketing directors uh, basically was setting up Google AdWords for Black Hills Information Security. And uh, what they did is they went to all of our competitors and they created AdWords around Trusted Sec and Guardians, like, like all of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and like literally it was showing up in like their emails as ads on the sidebar. It was showing up in their search results whenever they looked up their own company. <laughs> like Dave called me up. He's like, um, dude, I'm like, dude, he's like, dude, yeah, dude. So I felt so bad about that, but it's super easy to do, right? It, it's like, it's a very easy thing to do, especially if you can target your competitors. Uh, so we brought that down fairly quickly. Yeah. You Google one thing, it's like, use this instead. You're like, that's not what I meant. (laughs) I don't know if I can trust you. Something about fines in France. I see think that you're not trustworthy. Well, and then there's like the whole like Googling browsers and that kind of stuff. Like the full I I love the browser war. I mean it's 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 like it's like, no, don't don't download Chrome. Don't don't do it. You go to Google and you Google like for edge. It'll be like, are you sure you want to use Edge? You might want to use Chrome. Meanwhile, like you open Edge to download Chrome and it uses Bing and you search for Chrome and it's like, are you sure you want to use Chrome? You should consider using Edge. Especially yeah. because Edge is just a skinned chromium at this point. Right. It's, it's <laughs> literally basically the same thing. And we full circle back to a big open source project. Here well, we go. Well, <laughs> it's, it's the same, but it reports its telemetry to a different point. It's a different, yeah. you know, that's yeah. why they want it. It sends all of your data to someone else, basically. Use my DNS server, please. It yeah. only has the best results. Speaking of trustworthy large corporations... I think the biggest story I wanted to say for last was Norm 360 comes with a crypto miner built into it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a feature. That is a that feature. Is a feature. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You actually have to pay for this, by the way. Yes. You do have Norton. to. <laughs> yes. I, I, the, the Norton, the, the crypto miner, uh, you have to pay for Norton 360. That's not the free version. So you got to pay extra to get that miner. And for a fun fact, I think they take like 5 or 10% right it's off the top. It's 10%, the highest mining fee known of in the <laughs> known universe. In the world. <laughs> yeah. So just, sorry, we kind of skipped over you, John. What is, the, what I, is I going on? I was going to say, how would an antivirus engine allow encrypt? Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. well, and the best yeah. part about being an antivirus engine is that if you install any other miner, it can just be like, oh, no, that's that's definitely malware. That's the bad yeah, miner. Yeah, that's take that off. One. We recommend you use the ours instead. So the, so for those that really didn't follow, thumbs up to. for those that we kind of skipped over the actual article, basically, with the newest version of Norton 360, which is a subscription available, it includes a crypto miner service that runs on your computer when you're not using it, a.k.a. probably all the time. And it gets you money, money, I mean, depending on what GPU you have, I suppose, into your Coinbase wallet. And it only supports Coinbase and it only, so it's kind of interesting, but. um, Well, but this really sums up too, Corey. I mean, antivirus softwares have been writing the code to detect when your computer is idle forever. And so if anyone would know when your computer is actually idle, it would be the antivirus company, right? Says the guy. That's true. The CPU fan starts spinning up and yeah. Having run antiviruses, they're also the uh, companies that would know how to maximize GPU usage. Yeah. 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 Coming, coming from the companies that are pretty much rocking your CPU when you're not using it anyways, 
There I just hope they pick good algorithms. Like if they're mining Doge or something, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> Ethereum. I think it's only Doge. I think it is just <laughs> Ethereum, but it is interesting, yeah. right? Like what happens when Ethereum 2.0 comes out and it's proof of proof of stake, and then it's like, what are they going to mine then? Are they gonna, are they going to make Norton Coin? Norton Coin ICO <laughs> oh, is it time? Oh, that's how you pay for those subscriptions. And then it's mining that. So here's here's a funny thing: is the difference between us and the security community and like the rest of the world, right? So in the security community, we're all like, that's so dirty. It's just nasty. What the hell's wrong with them? I literally have friends that are trying to get into crypto and they're like, this is fantastic. This is the best thing ever. I wanted to get into crypto and mining crypto and Norton makes it easy for me. And I'm like, no, this isn't a, this isn't a good thing. You know who else thinks this is fantastic though, John? Like somewhere there's like a CFO who is seeing this article and he's like, this is genius. Cancel <laughs> yeah. our CrowdStrike subscription. Install Norton on all the computers. We have oh, like 4,000 no. computers. This is going <laughs> to oh, be great. No. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. Yeah. That's that. a nightmare. Oh my God. No. And no, we don't pay for our employees' power bills either. So at their what, houses yeah. when they're hiding. <laughs> Hello, CrowdStrike. Could you get this feature? We need this, right? We already pay so much. Can I get is, the mining feature, please? That That is seriously the like actual question is is this the first of many or is this yeah. the oh we're sorry we take it back <laughs> I, we were drunk I, I, I honestly believe that instead what's happening is somebody is watching this right now they just saw what noah said and they're like get me this kid now he's our new CFO. <laughs> um, we're looking at that type of expansive thinking we want him on our team. Well, I, I just want to say, like, I, I have a, a an inversion to any job title that starts with a C. So, no, thank you. <laughs> Me too. Don't Me worry, too. you're just the totes finance guy, bro. Don't worry that's about it. totes. We could change your title. You'll all be happy. Now, the other thing that's going to happen is, like, just just to give all angles here, the sysadmin who is like, hmm, yes. This is a genius idea as well, and just puts his Coinbase logins in, and then mines yeah. on the company computers. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> it's never yeah. happened. I mean, if I was going to do this, I think I would do freemium, and you can just mine to unlock like the actual other features. It's like, do yeah. you want power? Do you want PowerShell detection? Well, mine for another twenty hours, and you can have <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. If you want ransomware crypto mining detection, just keep on mining, buddy. Keep on mining. If you unlock 100 Wait. hours of mining, you get Norton 360 for a whole so, year so how, for free. So how much mining do you have to do, though, before you can detect crypto miners, like other crypto miners? A lot. Yep. A lot. It's a lot. Well, that's, that's, that's a lot of years. Like, you're only yeah. a level 10 crypto miner. You've got to get yeah. to at least 20 to unlock these premium fe- features, like surfing to Facebook. I- <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> What I really, what I really would love to see though is that at some point, like there's two teams probably, like the team that's like making the crypto miner and the team that makes the antivirus. And I'm waiting for, I'm just watching this, like waiting for the day that they don't talk to each other, and then their antivirus goes after their crypto miner, and then like, yeah, it, yeah Norton implodes on itself. I, I think it'd be funny if you go to click uninstall and it's like, please mine for 24 hours before uninstalling. You could yes. unlock this feature. <laughs> And John McAfee's goes to be like, I told you, we just need to go back to cocaine and bath salts. And it's hard to believe that when you look at everything, that he seems more sane than the people at Norton for doing this, right? Like, uh, uh, so, The no. bad news is, is our AV let you get hacked and your entire system's been compromised. The good news is, is you've mined enough money to pay them off. 
That's it. Like, you're mining you, for insurance to pay the <laughs> ransom. Would you like us to use? Would you like us to use the bitcoins in your Coinbase wallet that you've been mining this whole time to pay the ransom? This is full circle. I love it. I, the nice. marketing department literally has got to be writing this down. This is yeah, amazing. but again, you, you, you just see, you could just see Jason and Deb being like, "Not a marketing department," and no, so, no, no. Uh, yeah, we do. Lucky number seven, we do need to start up a Twitter account, John McAfee's Ghost. Um, so hopefully somebody can make that happen. I would follow it in a heartbeat. Um, the last story I want to talk about, I don't think that Ryan has, but did you guys see that Cyber Ninjas basically did a smoke bomb and was like, Petro 11? I want to make it very clear on behalf of the information security community. They were never part of this community. They were never the cool kids. We never hung out with them. They're a-holes. And uh, goodbye, as far as they go. That's, that's about all I have to but say. But aren't they it. just restarting their company? Isn't it like an, I yeah. declare bankruptcy? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way, Stephen. Um, but Who's no, I cyber ninjas? They're yeah. the ones that were behind the Arizona audit. Oh, uh, my God. Election. That's how you know we've reached the top. Okay. All right. Yeah, never mind. That's, that's, doesn't that's matter. We're on that. <laughs> like, oh, we've got to touch this crap. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, they're literally doing the scene from the office where the judge is like, I think fifty thousand dollars per day if they don't hand over their internal notes and audits, and they're like bankrupt, goodbye. And it's like the judge is like, no, 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 no. it's not. Hold not on, how this works. <laughs> not how this works. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's straight out of Arrested Development. You can't charge a husband and his wife for the same crime. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Double jeopardy. Yeah. Everyone knows. Oh my God. Just absolute insanity. As soon as I found out there was a cybersecurity firm that was tied up in that nonsense, it was like, that's just going to drag the whole thing down. And I don't know about you, but I got asked about like family members on Thanksgiving. They're like, so is your firm doing any auditing of the election results? No, because we're a legitimate company. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so just, just a train wreck. So we don't know enough <laughs> politicians to get those contracts. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I've actually gotten some contracts. I've actually gotten some contracts in the past that are really horrific, like long time ago. And I actually did some political work for the Democratic Party, and then I did some for the Republican Party. Neither of the parties paid me for anything because what they do is they have you do a whole bunch of work during the election, and once the election's over, it's literally like this: it's like smoke bond. Everybody that you were talking to that was promising you money is like. I got nothing for you. In fact, it was so bad. I went to the main offices in one of them in a state, not going to say which one. I was like, I'd like to get paid because I have a contract. They're like, oh, the guy that signed that, he's no longer on the campaign because the election's over. How about you go in the back room and take any equipment you want? And when they were done, <laughs> I'm not joking, they took all of their computers and just disconnected them and threw them in a great big pile. And they were like, take anything. Um, and I still have this wireless card this PCI Express wireless card or PCM, what is it? What is the fat PCI PCMIE. card? PCMIE. Yeah, yeah, PCIME card, the wireless the card. One. And that's what they ended up paying me for. So yeah, I'm a little bit pissed about that. If we're um, going to do that kind of stuff, can you make a company called Pork Barrel Security and we could do it on, <laughs> all under that, guys? Sure, sure. We, we could definitely do that. Uh, but the security was a nightmare. It was so bad in both of those situations. But... That's another story for another day. That's the end of Black Hills Information Security talking about news. Thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out and keeping me awake because I'm just barely lucid at this point. 
Um, you, with that, you've seen worse. Uh, I've seen worse. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I have. But I'm getting older, and it's harder and harder, harder. on me as I, I get, get older. It. Yeah. Like, oh my God, year. it was up until 9.30 last night and I didn't have my tea before bed. So that's <laughs> it. Ryan, take us out. I'm just trying to decide, is this news? Is this news or is this more like a comedy skit? Because some It's days- like hot takes. Hot, hot takes, takes. Yeah. okay okay yeah. hot takes we show up we talk about things and we make hot takes on them and then we move on oh Actually, Corey, i didn't i didn't get to see did you get your uh anti-submarine warfare status taken off of linkedin because they took mine down <laughs> what <laughs> yeah Dude, that's a freaking sham how are you gonna get a job i don't <laughs> know they removed your right. my trash they, right. they removed my endorsement for anti-submarine warfare off linkedin did they did they notify you or did they shadow do it Shadow. They just shadow did it. I went looking the other day. I'm like, wait a second, I'm missing one here. Wait, endorsements, web applications, no one cares, no one cares. Smooth jazz still there. Anti-submarine warfare still there. And I have ultrasonic welding for two. And goldsmithing <laughs> time travel shredder spacecraft. Streams <laughs> racing. <laughs> That's pretty good. sadness. Do you, I don't know do one of your abilities is sadness? Yes. <laughs> and also someone endorsed me for that. <laughs>